0: You're listening to a podcast from Catalyst Vineyard Church Aberdeen. You can find out more about our church as well as more talks on our website, catalyst.vin. Hello, if you're watching online. Uh, It's a really, really warm welcome to you as well. I'm Taryn, I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, it's lovely to be with you today. So we've made it to December. Who's got who's got their tree up? Yes, a few of us have got our tree up. The foodies amongst us might be thinking about what we're going to prepare this month for all the festivities. We may have even started baking. Anyone started baking yet? Yes, there's a few of us in the room. Uh, the organized amongst us will have got Christmas presents. Who's got Christmas presents? Wonderful. Now, who, the extremely organized amongst us, will have bought those Christmas presents and wrapped them? Who is that? Oh my goodness, I thought there'd be no one, but actually there's a few of you. I think that deserves a big clap, don't you? I mean, that's, that's amazing. We are on the countdown to Christmas, and so it really seems appropriate that together we journey um, together as a church towards Advent. And for those of you that don't know what Advent is, it's an old tradition that dates back to the 400s, where the early church observed a period of preparation leading up to Christmas. And the word Advent, it means to come. And so over the next four Sundays, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be lighting a candle every time we meet as a symbol of our waiting and our longing and our hoping as we await the advent, the arrival of Jesus, God in the flesh. A once in forever moment in time that marked a new era of history for the entire world. I um, grew up living in community, and so I grew up in a very, very big old Victorian house, and me and my family lived on the middle floor. There was a family li- that lived on the bottom floor and a family that lived on the top floor. And so as you can imagine, my childhood was pretty fun because I always had friends to play with. And we had a great big garden and we always got up to a whole bunch of mischief. And one particular game we loved to play, which most kids enjoy, is hide and seek. But it was imp- incredibly um, Like more fun, I guess, for us because we lived in this great big old rambling house. And so I remember one time where I was hiding and I'd gone into the downstairs back bedroom, which was a guest room, and no one ever really went in there. And there was a couple of bunk beds. And then I noticed a really big old dresser, a dressing table. And it had those kind of um, doors, you know, the roller doors that go up. And so I thought to myself, that's a really good place to hide. So I crawled in to that dresser cupboard, and as my nose touched the back of it, thump, the doors came down. And I could feel that I was stuck, I could feel myself trapped in what I would describe as like a dark box. And I was like, oh my gosh, what can I do? So I thought, well, I could maybe try and kick this door open because I don't like the feeling of being trapped in this thing. But of course, it was a roller door. It wasn't a swing door. So no matter how much I tried to kick the door, the door wouldn't open. I was completely trapped inside this dark box and all I could do was scream help over and over again and hope that someone would hear me. I was trapped inside that dark box for about three days. No, I'm joking. (laughs) About five or 10 minutes, but it felt like three days. (laughs) Advent is about being trapped in a dark box, wondering if anyone can hear our cries for help, and if anyone is gonna come and open the door. And these dark boxes come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. For some, being trapped in the dark box is the dark box of oppression or addiction or abuse or discrimination. For others of us it's, we feel trapped in the dark box of grief. Perhaps for you this Christmas time it is the first time without your loved one and the darkness just feels too much to bear. For others of us, we are trapped in a dark box of either physical or mental illness. Every single day feels like a struggle where there's pain, where there's anxiety, where the deep fog of depression envelops us. Some of us are trapped in, the financial, uh, trapped in a dark box of financial worry. And particularly this time of year, it can bring an extra burden to us. I don't need to tell you there is an awful lot of darkness in the world. We all live in or have experienced a dark box in our lives. Yet Jesus has come. And he has entered the darkness and has promised to be with us at all times in all situations, even when we feel like we're trapped inside a dark box. Our hope is in him for a day is coming when Jesus will reign over and above absolutely everything and his peace and his light will drive away all the darkness that covers this earth and until that day we wait and we hope and all I could do while I was trapped inside that dresser trapped inside that dark box was wait I was completely helpless. I needed someone to come and someone to open the door, someone to rescue me. All I could do was hold on to the hope that my friends were either close enough to hear me or attentive enough to recognize that I was missing. The key word to Advent is waiting. You see, Advent is countercultural. It's not the jolly season of Christmas. It's not time to jingle the bells and ho, 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 as the world may want us to believe. But it's it's a time to embrace the reality of the darkness and to sit in it for a little while. What is the only way to defeat darkness? Light. Darkness is not a something, it is the absence of light. A single candle can drive back the darkness. And so the candle that has been lit today is the candle that represents hope. Hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. And its strength is in his faithfulness. His faithfulness. And so, this is what our passage is talking about this morning. And so, we're going to open God's word together, and we're in Psalm 25. And this psalm is written by King David during a time in his life where his enemies wanted to kill him, when he'd been falsely accused of evil, and he was publicly shamed. You see, David also knew what it was like to be stuck inside a dark box. And in his waiting, he cries out to the Lord. So, why don't we read together? Before we do that, I'll pray, and then we're going to read God's word. I've got James's glasses cuz I forgot mine, so. I can't see you, but I can see this. Let's pray. We love that your spirit is here. Lord, it feels already like a thick blanket. Is upon us, and we just ask by your Spirit, Father, that you would cause an even even heavier weight of your presence to be upon each and every one of us. As we look to you today, would you speak, Lord, to us, to our hearts, and to our souls? Would you speak today afresh, we pray? Amen. Okay, Psalm 25. In you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth. And teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me. For you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Amen. So in the midst of a really dark time in David's life, we see him turning his face to the Lord. We see David waiting on the Lord and hoping in him. Can you see these words of hope throughout this psalm? Hope that God is listening. Hope that God will forgive his past failures and protect him from his enemies. Hope in God's love and mercy and grace and compassion. Hope that God will deliver him out of his darkness. We only need to look around us. or We only need to look or hear the news to see how desperate our world is in right now and how desperate our world needs hope. Many people in this world live without hope or have given up on hope, and maybe that's you today. Perhaps that's why you've come. You're looking and you're searching for something more than you have, and more than you can explain that you want. Well, hope has a name, and its name is Jesus. And Jesus came at Christmas time to bring you hope, and me hope, and us all hope. Jesus came at Christmas time to free us from the small dark boxes that we are trapped in. Jesus came at Christmas time to fulfill the waiting and the longing that is in our lives. And so today what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at two truths that Jesus's hope brings to us this Christmas time. So truth number one, hope in Jesus gets you through the waiting. So when I was young, I used to love um, performing in musicals. And so I would audition for different parts, sometimes the main role, sometimes I would get it, sometimes I didn't. And I remember one particular time I was an understudy in a musical and I lived in anticipation and patience and suspense that I might get called upon. You know, like I practiced all my lines and I learned all the songs, preparing and waiting for this unconfirmed moment. And I do think that this is the posture our waiting could also reflect. Notice in David's waiting, the very first sentence is a declaration. Verse one In you, my Lord, my God, I put my trust. You see, in a time of fear, in a time of frustration, This is a confession of trust in the midst of a plea for help. This isn't done out of blind faith. But this is done because David knows who his God is. David knows of his God's unchangeable character. He knows what the Lord has done for him and also what the Lord will do for him. And so just like for David in those deep and dark moments in our lives, in the midst of our waiting, there has and there always will be a shimmer of God's light ready to burst in, ready to break forth. We have never been abandoned. No matter how alone we might feel, we have never been abandoned. Jesus has always resided with us in it all, and through it all. And he won't fail us now, even as we wait. And as we know, waiting is never easy, is it? And whatever we're waiting on today, know there is hope. And this hope is called Jesus. Perhaps you're in the wilderness of waiting right now. Maybe there are still to come quiet years of waiting that stretch before you. Or maybe your waiting is nearly over. Either way, we might be tempted to see life as happening kind of somewhere in the future, waiting for us at the end of this wait. Then my life can begin. But then we read a prayer like David's and we see in verses four and five where David says, show me your ways, Lord teach me your paths guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God my savior and my hope is in you all day long you see instead of looking back or looking longingly forward David is actually looking down he's looking down at the path that his feet is on now of course there is no denying that this path is fraught with difficulty And yet, at the same time, David recognizes that it's also a path that can teach and guide him as he leans into the Lord. Because this path also has the ability to alight his feet with truth and fill his soul with hope. Because that is what the Lord does every single time we look to him, every single time we cry out to him. Every single time we choose anew to place our hope in him once again, despite our circumstances, despite the dark box we may feel trapped in. It certainly wasn't the path that David wanted to walk down, but it was the path that his feet tread. And maybe for some of us here we could easily feel a little bit like King David in an interval between a lost past and a longed-for future. But even today, in the middle of it all, the Lord, he is with us. He's with us in the midst of the waiting. And we have an assurance that we are never alone. And as we look to him, we know that he will guide the path that we walk down. And he will teach us his ways and he will show us his truths. Can we take a moment to pray together? Lord, would you come and would you draw near to us in the waiting? Come, Spirit of God. Would you shine your light of hope upon us today? And Lord, our prayer is that you would teach us in the waiting, that you would draw near in the waiting, that you would reveal your truth and you would guide us in the waiting of our lives. And that you would come and you would fulfill the longing in our hearts with your presence. And also while we wait, we also want to remember all those in the world who are waiting desperately to be reunited with their families. All those who are waiting anxiously to be granted asylum or waiting fearfully in immigration camps. Would you be with them this Christmas time, we pray. Amen. This Christmas time, in the waiting, hold on to the hope of Jesus that in the waiting he will get you through he will get you through truth number two hope in Jesus does not disappoint so probably there's hardly any time that goes by where we don't use the word hope I hope we're on time I hope he's not angry I hope it's not cancer I hope he loves me I hope God hears my cries From the smallest of worries to the biggest of ones, our lives are shaped and directed and motivated and frustrated by hope. Everyone hopes. Everyone hooks their hope onto something or to someone. Everyone hopes their hope will come through for them in the end. You know, no one ever purposely hopes in something that is hopeless, right? Everyone longs for a hope that is sure, that is certain. Everyone gets up in the morning motivated by a hope of some kind or paralyzed by a hopelessness of some kind. Hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. Anyone know where that quote has come from? What movie that quote is from? Okay, I'll put you out of your misery. Shawshank Redemption. Andy Dufresne. Has anyone seen the Shawshank? Yeah, there's a few of us. It's a golden oldie, but it's absolutely brilliant, and I definitely recommend you watch it. But for those of you that haven't seen it, let me just recap. So Andy, he's a banker, and he's falsely convicted of a murder that he didn't commit. And so he is thrown into Shawshank prison, and he endures years and years of hardship that he certainly doesn't deserve. Yet despite this, Andy, he does not give up hope. And he puts his hope into action. You can see that displayed in many ways over the film. But some of the things that he does is he extends the prison library, he helps the guards with their taxes, and actually he sees a young inmate graduate from high school as he tutors them. But it's actually Andy and Red's friendship that I think makes the film. So Red is played by Morgan Freeman, and Red really struggles with Andy's unashamed and relentless hope. And at one point, Andy gets Red a harmonica because he heard that Red used to play it, but Red, he refuses to play it because music to him represented hope. And his opinion, hope was a foolish thing to have in the midst of such pain and such suffering he confided in andy hope is a dangerous thing hope can drive a man insane red felt this way because he was a man waiting to be redeemed a man waiting to be shown the promises of hope king david was also a man waiting to be redeemed but unlike red he did not see hope as a dangerous thing in fact quite the opposite David professes in verses two and three, I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. You see, notice for David, even in the midst of his fear, in the midst of his shame, his hope in the Lord was utterly steadfast. Hope was not something that he could or he wanted to forsake. Even in the darkest times of his life, his hope in the Lord burned bright. It shone bright as he actively, he leaned into the hope that God brought him. And he turned to the Lord and he declared his hope was in him and him alone. Yet without this hope, all is lost. Without this hope, we are just like Red from Shawshank Redemption. Faith-filled hope is not seeing the world through rose-coloured glasses. In fact, it's the complete opposite of that. Faith-filled hope, it omits the brokenness of the world. And it professes that God alone is our only hope. Just as King David reminds us, no one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. It's not something we passively wait for, but it is something that we can actively pursue because we believe the Lord has called us to partner with him, right? We believe he's called us to partner with him in ushering in hope, the hope that can only be found in Jesus. And this season of Advent calls us to remind each other of what we are called to do. You see, the church is the ultimate voice of hope. In a world that is so desperately in need of it, the church, us, carries the voice of hope. And so that's our mission. Our mission is to bring hope. And it's one of the most crucial jobs that you or I have to do. David teaches us that traumatic times calls for relentless hope. Because hope in Jesus, it never, ever disappoints. And the Advent reminds us once again of God's desire to be with us in the flesh. We worship a God who was not content to remain away from us, but we worship a God who came to live with us in the flesh, who called us into being and who sent their one and only son, Jesus, Emmanuel. God is with us. Andy Dufresne is not the only character who is redeemed in the Shawshank Redemption. His cynical friend, Red, who for so long believed that hope was a dangerous thing, eventually was led to embrace the hope that his friend had clung to for so many years. This happened because Andy, who trusted in hope, invited Red over and over and over again to join him in it. It took a while And it certainly wasn't an easy journey, but eventually, Red opened himself up to hope and allowed himself to be transformed by it. That, friends, is what we are called to do this Christmas time, to open one another up to hope, to invite one another to trust in the goodness of God and to open the door for Jesus's hope to go before us and to fill us and to partner with us as we go and we tell of this great hope to our friends and our colleagues and our neighbors and our family, to those near and to those far. Why don't we stand? Before we say goodbye to the people online, I would love just to give an opportunity, if there is anyone here today or watching online, who currently does not have this hope in Jesus, and today you want to say, I want that, I want that hope that King David had, I want that hope that I can cling to through the good and the bad times in my life. I want and I know I recognize I need Jesus in my life. And if that's you, I'd ask you to, if you're watching online, to um, identify yourself in the chat. And if that's you here in the present, why don't you just put up your hand and we're going to say a prayer together? Nothing weird's going to happen. You're just going to put your hand up and we're going to pray together. I can't see anyone with their hand up, but there may well be someone here or online, so we are going to pray. Jesus, this Christmas time, I invite you to come and live within me. I invite you to come and pour your hope into every part of me. Mind, body, soul, spirit, I welcome you, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for taking all my sin and all my shame. Today I choose to follow you and turn from my ways of doing things myself and following you now and into eternity. Amen. Amen. We'll say goodbye to those who are online.